Do the Dallas Cowboys have a star in the making in their secondary? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. I am, uh, I'm certainly glad we're not talking Saints this morning, and I am going to... <laughs> I'm going to bait you into discussing Dennis, no, Dennis Allen and his and his head coaching candidacy. So uh, I, I, let's just get into Cowboys football before uh, you you, uh, you go off on a rant on Dennis Allen. Yeah, Dennis Allen should be hosting Locked On Saints right now instead of coaching the Saints. That would be a more qualified <laughs> job for oh, him. Oh, um, well, listen, you're, if you're trying to fire Ross Jackson, then we're going to have no, we're, I'm going to have some problems. <laughs> I think they could switch, and I, I think that the uh, the Saints would actually be better for it if they switched jobs. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about the Cowboys. We got to watch our uh, the, the all twenty two on Monday. Yeah. Lots of takeaways from watching the film. I've got a big one, and I want to hear your thoughts, Lynn. Mm-hmm. I uh, I watched all the coverage snaps last night. Shout out to PFF. Um, and I'm really, really excited about DeBron Bland. Obviously, he had the two big interceptions. It doesn't take a genius to say he played really well in this game. But even on the non-interception oh, yeah. plays, I kind of thought he was incredible. And I kind of wonder if the Cowboys have a future star here at corner. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, look, it wasn't even just like you mentioned, it wasn't just the interception plays. He had three or four different plays where, you know, he pulled the trigger to make a tackle to stop, uh, stop a, a receiver short. He, uh, uh, you know, caused an incompletion with a physical uh, uh, arrival at the ball, uh, arrival with him at the ball at the same time, um, you know, pass deflections, interceptions, uh, just heady play, just like being in the right spot. I mean, that's the other part about playing at the nickel is, you know, Nickel's not necessarily a position that gets a ton of interceptions, but but no. you're asked to do so much more. You're asked to be a, a, a force player in the run game. You're asked to be a blitzer. You're asked to obviously have a two-way go every single coverage snap because mm-hmm. you're playing inside. Um, so it's an incredibly demanding position uh, for anybody to be playing. And for a rookie to be playing at such a high level, uh, I think that that's just really, you know, it's just incredible. Uh, you know, he, he had a touchdown saving pass, uh, uh, pass breakup, you know, he's just moving so, uh, smoothly and so confidently for a, a player who hasn't been playing there for a lot, a long time. Um, he's just playing at an incredibly high level for the Cowboys and, and it couldn't come at a better time because frankly, I thought that Jordan Lewis was playing really good football, like before he got injured. Um, and Bland has just picked up where he left off and and, and mm-hmm. continued up. I mean, honestly, so uh, it's been a real luxury for the Cowboys that that Bland's playing as well as he has. And, and there's another play in this game that just doesn't get talked about a lot because the final score ended up being 150 to 19. But the two point conversion, right? The the Colts scored a touchdown to go up. Uh, sorry, to cut it to 21 to 19. They go for two. And it's Deron Bland that makes the yep. play on kind of that little whip route to the to the yep. pylon. Uh, he gets his hand in there, breaks up the pass, and now it's a two-point game. 
you just wonder, like, what is the, how does the game change if the Colts score a two point, you know, get the two point conversion there? Do the Cowboys have a little bit more pressure on them on offense? Maybe. Um, but it's just a really underrated play that I don't think anybody was really talking about on Sunday or Monday. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, it just feels like, and this is kind of a comment on a lot of, pro- 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 uh, you know, prognosticators i couldn't say that word for a second uh, of, of football especially the cowboys game is there's so many people that are kind of going into this game and like wanting to discount well if you know so and so doesn't make this big play it's just what is incredible to me is that the cowboys continually have a wider and wider variety of folks making big plays for them it's not mm-hmm. just relying mm-hmm. on they're superstars to make plays. They they have a deep roster of of young players that are ready to step up and 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 can perform and in the kind of clutch moments you need. And I think Bland is the best example of that, right? Like a guy that uh, showed you something in training camp, showed you uh, uh, something throughout the beginning of the season when he had opportunity to play. You put him out there in key moments, and and he performs. So. Uh, that's just that's just great news for the Cowboys and, and and just to have another guy that they feel like they can rely on in the clutch, um, you know, it, it makes a huge difference. I'll give you one more play that he made in this game. A lot of little things that got me really excited. Their very first offensive play of the game, the Colts run one of those play action bootlegs to the tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to run Bland kind of out of the play in the slot. He recognizes it right away. Um, there's a complete the completion happens but he stops the guy for i think no yards like it's just those little plays that kind of add up that ultimately make the difference in these games i'm really really excited to see more of him I, there's going to be some bumpy games and some bumpy moments like we saw we seen a little Green bit Bay. yeah but what happens in the NFL corners? You look Absolutely. across the league, this happens to every single corner. Jalen Ramsey got burnt for two touchdowns last week. Jair Alexander had a bad couple games. Patrick Sertan got toasted by Devontae Adams. Like, it's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. just can you continue to make big plays after big plays and give your defense a chance? I think he can. I- I'm-, I'm just yeah. really excited. His ability to bounce back is key. You know, I think yeah. that that showed you what a great game he had and, and – uh, for him to come back after what is really not great Green Bay game, that just shows you a lot of resilience, yeah. and that's that's something the Cowboys team has just in spades. Uh, I also want to talk about Kelvin Joseph a little I, bit yeah. before we move on. Uh, go ahead. I know yeah. you have some thoughts on him. Oh no, I, I just I just think that we should give Kelvin some flowers a little bit. I thought he had a pretty decent game in coverage. I mean, obviously he gave up a touchdown. That I mean, there's certainly no going against that. But I think even in the touchdown, you saw him in position. He makes a play on the ball. He sees the ball. He just didn't get. He didn't come down with the ball. He didn't knock the ball away. That's kind of the last step. Again, like that's the fact that you're seeing him at the point of attack on these passes. Uh, you know, he's not being toasted. He's not being left behind and 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 uh, completely leaving guys open. He's making plays on, on on the ball. He's trying to make plays on the ball. He'll get better that as he starts to get more of those reps. Uh, but I thought that if you go back and watch Kelvin Joseph throughout the game, you know. I saw him coming un, uh, off coverage to, to to cut off passing lanes underneath at certain points. Uh, he's a very physical run player. I mean, uh, just a physical player in general. So I think that at the very least you're going to see maybe a slight uptick in some of the physical play on the outside because of his work with special teams and uh, just his physical demeanor. I, you know, I saw a guy that stayed mostly in phase with the receivers he was at. He was with a little bit less grabby than he was earlier in the season. I have I have some hope that that this is a guy that you know if if given opportunities given more snaps 
uh, I think he's going to develop into a nice little corner. And, and, and I think it's, 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 you know, it still remains to be seen. It isn't certain, but this isn't a guy that's out there and looks lost. This isn't a, like, no. you know, I think that that's kind of the, 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 uh, the book on him, right. Is that, Oh, this, he just doesn't have experience. He doesn't know what he's doing. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think this is a guy who has a very natural understanding of how to play man coverage and is very, very naturally gifted at that skill set. I think he's got to clean up some technique and I think he needs to kind of just understand his place in the defense a little bit better. But honestly, I think those are two things that can greatly improve with some snaps, which he's going to get a whole bunch of. So, so he has plenty of opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's really going to be interesting over the next, you know, couple months, how these guys play. These are both very inexperienced players, believe it or not. Deron Blance played like a hundred more defensive snaps already in his career than Kelvin Joseph. Like we just haven't seen Joseph play a lot. And the good thing with Joseph is I think by the end of this year, we're going to know. We'll know if the Cowboys need another corner. We'll know whether they should move on or not. We're going to, we're going to get an idea. So this is a great opportunity for Joseph and Bland to show the Cowboys over the next five, six, seven games. Like, Hey, you don't need to go out and draft a corner. You don't need to go spend big money on free agency. We can we can hold it down. Um, I'm excited. We're it, it's just fun to find out either way whether the Cowboys have something in either one of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think Nation Wright's going to be another guy who's going to get some some looks. We're going to look at Kendall Sheffield as a guy that we signed off the street a couple of weeks ago. He's going to get some looks as well. Some just some snaps. So uh, the Cowboys have some solutions here already, kind of in house. Yeah. Um, and we're going to see, you know, just how high a ceiling or how high a floor some of these solutions have. And I think we, you know, obviously first off the block is, is Kelvin Joseph. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the offense land, but we want to let you know that today's podcast is sponsored by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you have to do is add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Layden, let's talk about the offense. Um, I want to talk about the offensive line and, and all that. But just as a whole, how did you think the offense performed uh, after watching the All-22? Real quick, before we get into offense – uh, Hankins also just played an incredible yeah. game. Just had to throw that out there. Jonathan Hankins is another guy that's really made improvements in its Both of the defense tackles played real well in this game. Uh, really, really good football from the defense tackles. I'm, I'm happy about We'll get back to defense. I've got some more thoughts. I got to ask good. you about a couple good. guys over there. Excellent. Um, so, offensive line, you know, I thought that this was uh, uh, maybe one of Tyler Smith's better games that he's played all season. Um, and the opportunity for us to see the uh, 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 combination of these offensive line. Uh, uh, you know, groupings is uh, different combinations of offensive line groupings was really uh, kind of interesting. And I especially was trying to pay a lot of attention to the snaps where you saw uh, Smith and, and, and uh, Peters on the field at the same time, just to kind of see both for both these guys, you know, how's Peters moving at left tackle after having not played it for a little while. 
and how is uh, uh, Smith uh, moving back inside a guard after having been out at tackle for a while? So, and I thought both of them played very well uh, at their given spots. Uh, there was definitely at least one play where I felt like maybe uh, Smith wasn't exactly sure what he was supposed to be doing it's on, on the that screen. Uh, on that screen to yeah. Schultz, it just felt like they were kind of all mulling around, milling around, and no one was blocking. Um, but I, I just think that you know you saw uh, uh, on the right side. Look, I mean, what else is there to say about uh, that Terrence Steele Zach Martin combo? They have just been absolutely fantastic, and this game was no different. Just watching them work through the double teams and the passing players off an inside zone, uh, and just moving bodies inside. I mean. That was a difficult interior defensive interior to deal with. Uh, watching the the Zach Martin versus uh, DeForest Buckner matchup all game was just was incredible. Uh, Buckner kind of started the whole game out with a with a w- real quick swim win versus Martin, and then after that, Martin was plugging away at him for the rest of the mm-hmm. game, just getting him up, getting him back, knocking him back, passing him off to Terrence Steele. I thought Stewart also had a really good game. It was just a really good. Uh, uh, tape to watch for the interior offensive line versus that uh, Colts defensive interior. Uh, and it, and it, as the game started to go on, you could tell the Cowboys offensive line was starting to impose their will on these guys. Yep. They were getting tired. Yannick Ngakwe really seemed to lose a lot of juice by the second half and was just getting I mean, dude, he doesn't he want struggled. to see Tyler. He, he doesn't want to see Tyler Smith anymore. That's for sure. Because even if even if he got a couple of wins, at sometimes Tyler Smith absolutely buried him on at least two or three different snaps, and it was mm-hmm. physical and strong finishing. So, I think for the most part, we saw a, a, a good showing from the offensive line, and, and really, even despite the fact that they were rotating, uh, a, you know, a group of three guys on those left two spots. Uh, I, I think that they're getting, they're doing a good job despite my uh, sucking in of air every single time I see that there's an offensive line substitution mid, mid game. I'm like, I kind of like it. I, I, I listen, I like it if it's working because what it is doing, the, the benefit that you get, right, of for when Tyler, uh, t- when Tyron comes back and Tyler slides back inside, I think is going to be enormous. Uh, it's just, it's a little bit risky at times. And I, and I think back to, was it a year ago, right, when they did the McGovern uh, uh, swapping around and, it, and, yeah. and that didn't really work as well? This is working a lot better, it feels like. Everybody's a lot more comfortable with what they're being asked to do, and, and it seems like everyone's playing better football despite being kind of shuffled in and out of the lineup. Connor McGovern played left guard and center at different points. Tyler Smith played left guard and left tackle. Peters played left tackle. You know, The fact that they were able to kind of seamlessly move all these folks around uh, and not really lose a lot of uh, of oomph in the push in the offensive line. I think that that really shows you the kind of communication this whole room has with each other. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to mention Jason Peters. He played, I think, nineteen snaps in this game. He looked good. Like I, when yeah. I say this every time he plays, like he's just good. Like he doesn't give you a ton in the run game, like what Tyler Smith does. But as a pass protector, he's he's good. And my kind of hot take from this game, Landon, is. I kind of want Jason Peters back next year. I don't care that he's going to be 41 years old. I think it's kind of – I would bring him back. Like, if he wants to come be the swing tackle, continue to be a little bit, a bit of a mentor for Tyler Smith, rotate in, play 10, 15 snaps a game, uh, why not? Why not? I, I, You know, I'm certainly not against it. I, I think, you know, for people that hadn't seen Jason Peters in a while, it's, it's eye-opening, right? Because his technique is crazy looking, and he looks – 
like a sloppy offensive lineman, but man, does he move well for a big guy who's 41 years old. It's crazy. It's so, yeah, it's, I definitely agree is, you know, if he's willing to come back next year, I'd love to have him just because I think he's been great for that room. I mean, just really, really good for those young guys. And I also think that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole Tyron Smith situation plays out as we get into the, the rest of the year, how he plays when he comes back and then what that means for next year as well. Do you think it's a lock that Tyler Smith starts at left guard? When Tyron comes back? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. But I, I there, could, unless was, you've heard something otherwise, I, well, there I, I was tend a, to think there was a series in this game where they had Jason Peters at left tackle and McGovern at left guard. They did. Yes. I, I think that they, 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 you know, are, uh, cognizant of the fact that McGovern's been playing better football. I mean, like, yeah, I, like I that's, mean, that's, that's part a, of it. Yeah. That's something that we have to, cons- to mention again is that, you know, as much as we're looking forward to this new lineup, it's not like Connor McGovern's been playing poorly. I think he's been playing pretty well. So I think he's been like a uh, league average guard. Yeah. Which is, which is honestly, which is great. We consider what, yeah. what we were considering. So, uh, yeah, I think that they're just trying to continue to get him work. Look, he's still going to get work once Tyler Smith slides inside. I mean, the McGovern package is back, it's baby. Back. McGovern, yeah. McGovern at fullback, even though I will say, just while we're here, Sean McEwen, your boy, maybe a full-time switch to fullback is in order. He's been really good at the spot. Yeah. I thought, you know, he hasn't been yeah. digging linebackers out, but he's done a good job of kind of sealing guys off from the inside, which I thought was really impressive as well. Yeah, uh, just a couple other things on the offense really quickly. I thought CD played really, really well. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Michael Gallup, it kind of slowly getting back to what we saw at la- you know at the end of last year um, when he was healthy, um, starting to see at least flashes of Gallup returning to normal. Yeah, uh, you know, every week it's a little bit better. Every week you see him with, with a little bit more explosion. He's become more physical. You see that. Uh, you know, I, I loved. The way he and look, I think I think that that touchdown, that first touchdown, really showed you why why you miss Michael Gallup a lot. He just has a great connection with Dak, right? When when the play mm-hmm. broke down and Dak started rolling out right, uh, Gallup didn't hesitate. He instantly started mirroring Dak's movements, getting making himself available, make, getting himself open, finding a soft spot to sit into, not running too fast, right? He didn't want to get all the way across the 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 field and and, and get to the the the. Uh, out of bound marker so that they ran out of space. He was trailing Dak a little bit on the, uh, from inside out, get, making himself open. And then when Dak found him, first of all, that throw that Dak made to Gallup on that is that's the, the kind of throw that I was talking about a couple weeks ago that we hadn't had from Dak since he threw that throw off of his one foot similarly yep. to CD lamb uh, in new England the year before, right? That when he hurt his calf. Yeah. Since he his calf has been okay, you've started to see more and more of that throw. And that like that is Dak's superpower. Like Dak being able to roll out when the play breaks down, uh, open up an opportunity for more uh second chances in a snap, uh allowing the to extending and changing the windows, his ability to quickly fire while on the run of a bullet into Gallup's hands so that Gallup could catch it on the run turn up the field and then just become a ball carrier and, and, and mm-hmm. uh, blitz it to the end zone. Uh, that, that, that's, that's huge because that's part of what made Dallas so dangerous, especially on third downs uh, previous to this. And, and then I think that we were really missing at the end of the year last year, right? Is that it didn't work on third down. The play, the play design didn't work the way we wanted it. Dak's breaking the pocket. Yep. Suddenly we get the third down anyways. And, and that's that's really what makes this Cowboys offense dangerous when they have that element. It's so great to know that that element is back. 
All right, let's talk. Let's go back to the defense because there's a couple of players I want to ask you about. I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we are sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find a sneak peek of Block Forever available on Lockdown NFL right now. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil. And Audible, Khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level. He gives football fans an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. You'll hear him talk to Christian McCaffrey about his love-hate relationship with fantasy football. You'll hear Juju Smith-Schuster give his most honest opinions on other players and positions in the league. New episodes of Block Forever will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday Night Football. Ryan and guests discuss topics like players' physiques, sports betting, playing through pain, and so much more. Available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcasts. Head over to Lockdown NFL for a sneak peek of Block Forever or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcast. Available everywhere right now. Audible. Get in the game. All right, I've got one player I really, really want to ask you about, but let's talk about the safeties. Who, I mean, all those guys made awesome plays between Malik Hooker having an interception, a fumble recovery, J. Ron Curse was all over the field, Donovan Wilson had a sack and some really good run fits. I mean, those guys just played incredible in this game, Landon. Yeah, uh, we've we've brought up the PFF stat before of stops, right? And a stop yeah. constitutes a, uh, a tackle that is made by a defensive player that uh, basically. Uh, contributes to a, a failure on, on the part of the offense, whether it's tackling a, a receiver short of the first down marker on third down or, or that sort of thing, where the, the goal of the offense for, to, to obtain a success rate positive is failed by the, yep. the tackle made by the defensive player. Curse and Wilson combined for eight stops in that game. That's Which is crazy. insane for safeties. Yes. Uh, Cur- uh, Wilson himself had five. Yep. Like, and and se- another seven tackles to go with a sack. I mean, Curse had a very, very solid game, and honestly, we would be talking about him a ton if it wasn't for the fact that Wilson was all over the place. I mean, he was teleporting, it seemed like, at times. He was just he was making every big tackle. He was very reliable uh, in the tackle game. He was Obviously, he had the blitz when the Cowboys had, had kind of determined that four-man yeah. rush wasn't going to be enough. They sent Wilson first. He immediately just t- sacked uh, uh, Ryan and, 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 and ended that really uh, – nice drive that they were having at the time, you know, and, and then I, I think that you, you add in uh hooker. We certainly, I mean, it's crazy that we just talked about Wilson and, and curse and I was we gonna say, hooker had an interception in a touchdown and he was the second best safety of the field for the Cowboys. It's just crazy. It's nuts. Like, you know, and he had like another two tackles himself that were pretty key as well. And so, yeah, the three headed monster at safety was just absolutely on point in that game. Uh, dominant. I mean, dominant play by the safeties. I, I, honestly, I mean, when was the last time we had safety play like this? I cannot remember. Like, like oh, maybe Woodson, uh, Woodson yeah. and Williams were here. I mean, Ken Hamlin. I, I mean, never had anybody opposite of him like, like what we've got now. It's, it's, it's yeah, wild. It's really and nuts. I, and I'm curious to see what like the Cowboys do this off season. Donovan Wilson's a free agent, but he's been playing out of his mind the last couple of years. He has a perfect fit in Dan Quinn's defense, but. They have Israel Makamu, who had an awesome preseason. They signed Marquise Bell to the biggest free undrafted free agent contract, and he played well in training camp with the preseason. I mean, just an embarrassment of riches at the safety <laughs> position for a team that was so starved just to get an average safety a few years ago. 
the Cowboys would have traded several second round picks for any one of these down roster safeties. Like, I mean, do you remember the days when we were like excited about, Hey, maybe Pat Watkins could be a decent safety someday. I mean, it's just crazy guy. Like we've got five Patrick Watkins sized safeties now that are all better players than he ever was. Uh, Yeah. It's totally nuts. The safety play on this team. And it's clearly that the upgrade at that position alone has really elevated this defense in a way that that uh, it needed, to be honest. And, and and to be talking about that on the same day that we are mentioning how good uh, a big sloppy defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins played, I think that this shows you how far this Cowboys defensive yeah. philosophy has come in the last three years. One more guy I want to mention or want to ask you about before we head out. So, uh, Leighton Vanderush played his typical game. He almost had an interception. He was so close. That was Anthony that was Barr. Really Back on the field, 24 snaps, uh, had a sack, actually looked pretty decent in some of the, the snaps that he played. But Damone Clark did not see his snaps decrease at all. In fact, it actually went up a little bit. He played 58 snaps in this game, and I think this is the best I've seen him play to date. I, I, what did you see from Clark when you watched the film? I mean, just still just lightning speed. I, I think, you know, the area where – He's really doing well, I think, is in his run fits. I think he's he's doing a lot better of kind of understanding where he needs to be and then attacking. Uh, he's, you know, they're using him in a lot of different ways. They're using him on a line of scrimmage kind of as an attacker in that sense, too. Uh, I, I think the area, the one area of his game that he still needs to improve on is zone awareness. You know, there was there was a, there was definitely a time when I saw him dropping into a zone fit. And he didn't he didn't quite understand the passing concept that was being you know uh, deployed by the offense, and he and he kind of was trying to figure out where his man was, and then suddenly they're cutting a, a slant underneath him into the coverage that he probably should have been you know the the guy kind of regulating that area of the field. So, I, I, but outside of that, you know, he obviously forced a fumble. He's running to the ball with speed that is just absolutely ridiculous. Well, I mean, like I got a quick story to tell. So. I was watching this game with my uncle, who is a not a Cowboy fan. Um, it, Steelers fan, I assume? Yeah, he's a Steelers fan. <laughs> uh, does, I mean, follows the NFL, but doesn't know the yeah. team, obviously, like we do. Yeah. And there was a play where the, the Colts threw the ball to Jonathan Taylor in the flat. Yeah. It, yeah. And Damone Clark got there so quickly that he actually made a – he was able to hit Jonathan Taylor and force an incompletion, right? And yeah. when you watch that play on the All-22, it looks like it should be a pretty good game. For Taylor, yes. And my uncle said, "Oh, who's that safety the Cowboys have there? Number thirty-three. I'm like, oh, that's actually that's a linebacker. That's a two hundred and forty-pound <laughs> linebacker. And it is shocking to see his speed at the linebacker position. I mean, he is just he is an athlete, man. What what a player! I've just never seen a cornerback that that size before. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, he wears a number thirty three and he's running he with speed. Like, before. Don't, there's, there's I mean, absolutely been the case. He's he's wearing number thirty three. He's running faster than most teams' cornerbacks. And and, and you know that's the thing is that I, I think with Demon Clark, the way it is right now is he's still learning. So the anticipation part of his game is is where he's developing where he is fully developed and he is hurting people is if it's in front of him. If he sees it, if the, if if he sees the pass completing and all it is, is about him getting to you to make the tackle. Good luck, man. Cause he's going to be faster than you are. Almost whomever you are. And, and he closes and tackles with such violence that it's, you know, it's really, this is, 
this is such a valuable piece to this defense because of exactly of exactly the play that you're just talking about, right? Like think about all the Cowboys plays now where they're playing shell coverage against I'm talking about when the Cowboys are on offense. They're playing shell coverage against us. Dak gets through his progressions quickly and swings it out to Pollard. And because he gets through his, his progressions quickly, because the safeties are deep back, because the, the second level of the defense is dropping into coverage and trying to keep it in front of them, you get the ball out to Pollard in the flat with a ton of extra space, and that makes it really difficult for him to tackle. Those usually are big gains. Same thing on, on, on against our defense, right? You've got all these te- uh, these guys flowing up the field to attack the quarterback. You've got all these coverage guys backing out to, to keep the ball in front of them. Where the Cowboys are going to get in trouble is if the quarterbacks are able to get the pa- passes out to the flats and have these uh, running these ball carriers that are hard to tackle all alone and 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 trying to force guys to make sing- single one on one tackles. If you've got a guy who runs like a cornerback, who's sized like a linebacker, and who hits like a Mack truck, yep. it makes it a lot more difficult to kind of break those tackles in the flat and to make big games. Well, so I, I was watching that Tampa. New Orleans game last night because obviously it looks like the Cowboys are probably going to play Tampa in round one and just thinking, you know, it's going to be really nice to have Damone Clark on some of these flare routes, you know, to Ricard White or Leonard Fournette that they just didn't have in week yeah. one. And they were having to play either, you know, a safety in J. Ron Curse, who is a little overmatched in the run game, or you're playing Anthony Barr, who just doesn't have the athleticism to get out there. If you have Damone Clark out there and he can make plays and limit you know, those plays to two, three, four yard gains and not nine and 10 yard gains. That's how, that's how you can beat a team like Tampa Bay. So just really encouraged by what I saw from Damone Clark in this game. That's all. Yeah. As you start getting into the playoffs, you mentioned it. These teams are going to look for easy button answers, right? Try to get the buttons of playmakers and have them break tackles. If you can remove the easy button, if you can, and, and honestly, think about what the 49ers did with the Cowboys last year. If you can just make every single thing difficult like a little bit of a struggle you just take away like the 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 simple passes and stuff like that it makes it hard for these uh veteran quarterbacks to operate without having to eventually drop back and throw the ball down the field which is right where you want them to be all right that is it for today's show thank you for making locked on cowboys your first listen of the day for your next listen check out the locked on sports today podcast the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All the same places that you download the Locked on Cowboys podcast. Check us out on YouTube. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. See you guys next time.